HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by PASA Sustainable Agriculture. Register now for PASA's 2023 conference in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, featuring more than 90 sessions on farming and food systems, as well as mixers and meetups and a trade show. Learn more at pasafarming.org conference. Welcome to Life's a Banquet, the podcast about all things edible, spreadable, and pourable with me, your host, Christina Ricci, uh, excuse me, Christina Applegate from Don't Tell Mom, the Babysitter's Dad, and, <laughs> and me, Little Caesar. <laughs> Why, hello, small Caesar. <laughs> hello. Teeny tiny Caesar. We are alone today, folks. Um, Again, alone together, but without Armin. It feels like very unsafe. I have to be honest. Like, <laughs> it's not that I miss him. I just feel very like unsupported. Like I feel like I'm not wearing a bra. I yeah, and I am wearing a bra, but I also just feel sort of like suspended in space, like in that movie with Sandra Bullock where she goes into space, <laughs> and then she's like, "Oh no, George Clooney's dying because he's in space." I never saw that. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Contact. No, that's not. That's the Jodie Foster one. Damn it. What is it called? I don't know. It's mostly known as the second movie that George Clooney died in. What's the first? White, uh, the Perfect Storm? Yes. Spoiler mm. alert. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's not that perfect. <laughs> um, what a concept, though, for a movie just to be, like, floating in space for the entire film, just two people, huh? Well, stuff happens. George Clooney, spoiler alert, dies pretty early in the movie, and then you're just alone with Sandra Bullock and her cute little short shorts. And all her thoughts and feelings. Is it safe to wear shorts in space, though? I would think your legs should be covered. Well, she was in a spaceship. So if you're in a spaceship, you are not going to wear your spacesuit the whole time because that would be very uncomfortable. And also, you know, as always happens in every space movie, if you get a little rip in your spacesuit, that's, like, super bad. And then probably not gonna make it. But is that what happened to George? He got a rip in his, a tiny little rip in his spacesuit. I can't remember. I just know that he at the very beginning it's very stressful because I think probably one of my least favorite things would be to become adrift from my spaceship. He was like, you know, tethered to a spaceship <laughs> and was doing like space work. 
and then he like gets like the leash breaks or something and so Mm -hmm. then he's just adrift (laughs) just floats away and then eventually his oxygen will run out and he will suffocate to death but the whole time he's drifting he knows that's gonna happen it seems like not a chill way to die for me they should have like cyanide pills just in case that happens yeah totally i just pictured you like floating away in space being like no yeah like in us like that superman movie where they shoot them into space in like a mirror i can't remember which one that is i think it's the second one i never saw that would you rather the old supermans i'm obviously talking about the vintage supermans for old people not any of the new supermans yeah, I never I never saw any of the new ones and really none of the old ones. Um, would you rather float away in space or be trapped out in the middle of open water for a death? Neither one. I would choose neither one. I think I'd rather float away in space. Oh, the water thing, like, is too much for me to handle. At least space, that feels like there would be, like, some beauty to it. You'd, like, die fairly quickly. You'd be like, whoa, I'm in fucking space. Although being in space would be a nightmare for me because I'm afraid of space. But, like, open water, just, like, shark... Yeah, it makes me upset to think about it even. (laughs) Well, I just watched recently-ish a horror movie, which maybe I talked about on the podcast already. Who cares? Um, It was in the summer if I did, so nobody remembers. But basically the premise is that all these people are on a yacht, um, and they, for whatever reason, most of them are swimming. The last two who remain on the boat get into, like, some wrestle play fight and they both go into the water and then there's no ladder for the yacht so they can't get you did tell us that yeah it's very not cool but i think i would still rather do that than be lost in space i don't know i would choose neither that is like such a horrible like i think the i think the worst part about all these options is that like to to die a death where you like know you have like a significant amount of time to kind of like know you're gonna die you know what I mean yeah like being buried alive falls under the same category for me yeah well I am claustrophobic so I don't think I would like that if I had to choose that the three I would choose that one it's not that one <laughs> buried alive last mm-hmm yeah space first water second buried alive last I guess I also don't want to be burned alive though okay well this is all useful information for when I try to kill you <laughs> <laughs> I find it being burned dead you know, burn me up. Sure. As long as I'm super dead, it's fine. Who cares if you're burned dead? You know what I always thought was so interesting? How they talked about when, um, you know, people used to be buried alive. Like, well, I guess they thought people used to be buried alive at a higher rate. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. Yeah, because they'd like, they'd tie the bells to people's fingers and they would jingle all the time and and they would like dig them up and they'd be, but really it was just that like rigor mortis made their fingers move or whatever. Yeah, they're like shrinking and that makes the bell ring. I love it. I just watched Kill Bill 2 the other day, and that scene oh, yeah. when she punches her way out. Oh, my God, what a fucking... What a film, am I right? Uma Thurman, good job. Great job, girlfriend. Um, so hot. Well, the part where she's paralyzed, and she has to be like, move your toe or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then it's like That's 48 a- hours later. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I also love the Uma Thurman movie, which I know is everyone's favorite, like above Pulp Fiction or Kill Bill or anything. The truth about... Cats and dogs. <laughs> There's so much we don't know. Mm. Where Janine Garofalo is supposed to be like, play like the ugliest woman in human history. And yes, she's the like, most unattractive person ever to live. 
just because she's an average height. Right. And then she like takes her glasses off and all of a sudden she's like incredibly hot. The nineties. Am I right? Ridiculous. Um, speaking of the nineties, I went to go see women talking last night, which is not set in the (laughs) nineties. It's set in the seventeen nineties. How was it? I haven't really heard much about it. It's good. It's literally like a play. It's just women talking. The title is exactly what you're going to get. Oh, cool. It's a period piece, though, yes? Older? Older? No, I mean, it's supposed to be sort of set, you know, anytime, anywhere. But the colony that that it's based upon was a real colony, like a Mennonite colony. And it was in Bolivia. And it was there from, like, until 2009 or something. Wow, how interesting. Fascinating. I was going to go see The Whale, although I've been avoiding it because it reminds me of my dad a little bit. It's also gotten some bad press. Yeah, so I watched the preview. A couple of things I want to say here. First thing, I wrote a short film a couple years ago that is this exact same story about my relationship with my dad. So as though it wasn't triggering enough to, like, think of the story, then I also had to deal with the fact that, like, my one thing I've worked on for a long time is now completely useless and irrelevant because Darren Aronofsky has ripped it from me like he does everything else. Well, how about this? It makes you feel better. I once dated a guy who actually invented Instagram before Instagram, you know, it was called something else. And yeah. he just didn't really have like the marketing tools to, to let it take off. So like a small group of his friends all used it, but then Instagram happened. And <laughs> so he I mean, could have been like a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. I should contact this guy so we could get a drink yeah. and commiserate about uh-huh. how unfair life is. Um, but then like I was watching the previews and it was just like, I, I feel bad because I, maybe this is like a good movie and I just, I'm being a little bit like jaded about it and cynical but like it was like uh Brendan Fraser delivers a performance with so much humanity as though like you know what I mean like oh wow like a fat person could have feelings and look at him he's put on a fat suit and he's delivering like so much humanity like I don't know everyone it's just like because fat people aren't really represented in film all of a sudden like a fat person in like a regular person in a fat suit plays a fat person with some kind of depth and emotion and all of a sudden it's like a revelation it just seemed kind of well that's ridiculous. what the whole that's what the backlash has been about it's like they basically are like one of the articles i read was like darren aronofsky tries to i don't know make he, basically he's clearly fat phobic <laughs> right <laughs> and that comes through in this movie that's supposed to be like not that somehow i don't know and right. the, whole, the whole reason why he's so fat is because he absorbs all the negativity of humanity or something. Like, he's supposed to be, like, God or something. I don't know. Oh, wow. I thought maybe it was because he's been wheezing the juice since Encino Man. <laughs> <laughs> that is not true. I don't think. Also, you know, obviously him in a fat suit is problematic. People are like, why couldn't you get an actual fat person? Whatever. It's a whole thing. So, and also, I don't know, I saw the preview and it looked pretty, like, lame. <laughs> yeah, it did kind of look like, lame. He's, like, yeah. just like Brendan Fraser's like, I'm, I believe in humanity. And I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> LOL, but why? Um, is there any other interesting celebrity gossip this week from our faves? Ben Affleck went to McDonald's, so... He's cheating on Dunkin' Donuts, according to this article. Wow. <laughs> also, this mm-hmm. man eats a lot of fast food. 
<laughs> it's true. He does. He's got a real taste for it. I guess if you have young children. Um, does he have young children? Yeah, his kids are like younger. Oh, his I thought they were like kids. in college. <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought they were all in law school. He's only like 50. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they're well, all could... <laughs> they're in their late 40s. Yeah, possibly. Um, so that happened. Big scandal. Um, I found out that J-Lo is no longer going to be J-Lo and she's going to be J-F. She's taking Ben Affleck's last name. J-F? J-F? That's what she wants to go by, though? No, that was my joke. Oh. (laughs) 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 Okay. J-F. J-A-F. Or J-Lick. That sounds a little better. J-Lick is better. Um... And then what was, I had to write these down because they're so boring. No one can remember. Oh, yeah. How could you like Ben Affleck that much? <laughs> Isn't that know. wild? I just don't understand why people take their, their partner's last name. Everyone is still doing that. And I guess it will never be an issue for me because no one will ever ask me to be their wife. But um, I just don't, for me, I would never do that. No, of course not. Although I do think that like Zara Redford has a very nice ring to it. Mm-hmm. Lots of syllables, though. You could Zara be Zara Redford. You could be Z Red. Z Red. Z Red's dead, baby. <laughs> okay, um, that's it. That's all. How boring. Those two are the two most boring people that ever lived. Can we agree we, on that? We can definitely agree on that. But yet, they still continue to haunt us every moment of every day of our lives. We can't well, shake them loose. There's just nobody else to Google. <laughs> like That's think true. of another, I can't even think of another celebrity. I like really can't either. And then like you think of another celebrity, but they're not as funny. I mean, no other celebrities have a full Phoenix back tattoo. And that is the, that is God's honest truth, right? Yeah. And if I said that Julia Roberts was eating at McDonald's, like no, that doesn't, that's not funny because we, there's no Dunkin' Donuts deal with her. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, it's funny (laughs) that you mentioned Julia Roberts. This is all going to tie together in a neat little tiny cute bow. Um, Our topic today, folks, spoiler alert, is pizza. And last night when I was like thinking about, oh, like, what am I going to do? I'm like, oh, maybe I'll do like the untold history of mystic pizza. But there's really not, there's no scandal (laughs) there whatsoever. Except for this little tidbit, which is that it was Matt Damon's first movie. He's in that movie? Yes, he's in it for, like, a couple minutes. He's, like, the woman, uh, the man that, like, Julia Roberts falls in love with, the Mm. boy, the rich boy. He's that boy's brother, and he's at the table while the boy, like, throws, like, a huge fit or whatever when they're having lobster that night. I've only seen that movie one time. He's like, calm down. I'm eating my lobster. (laughs) (laughs) You've only seen it one time? Oh, I love that movie. I've seen it a bunch. I guess I should be watching. It's great. It's right up your alley. <clears throat> when people say it's right up your alley, it makes me think like they're talking about my butt, like your alley. Your alley would be like your vagina. Oh, why? Have, well, what if you don't have a vagina? Then wouldn't your butt be your alley? Well, I'm just saying you should think of your vagina. I should think of my own vagina as my alley. At all times. <laughs> <laughs> me and my alley, we're going to the store. Yeah, like your own personal bowling alley right there. Exactly. Just throw a bowling ball right down it. All right. Well, I think that's they enough. mean like the actual alley behind your house, though. 
that's up the alley behind your house. That means mm-hmm. that makes no sense. Though. As a New I mean, Yorker, you're right. Though, you don't really know what an alley is, so it's fine. <laughs> I've never heard of the expression of the term before alley. <laughs> was it alley McBeal? <laughs> <laughs> that is right up your alley McBeal. <laughs> alley McBeal, remember that dancing baby? It was such a sensation. Yes. Um, and speaking of sensations, I am going to talk about the most important sensation of all time, the invention of pizza delivery and its (laughs) aftermath. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. Let's hear it. Okay. Well, it may come as a shock to you to learn. Hold on. I got to get my coffee over here. That the first pizza was delivered in the year 1889. (laughs) Wow. That is actually an incredible shock. But in in order to understand this whole pizza delivery thing um essentially you need to know about the history of italy okay oh my god all right so everybody tuck in for a quick nap is one just kidding uh in the mid-19th century italy was like let's unify all of these like italian areas (laughs) Mm -hmm. and make them into one kingdom and Everyone was like, okay, I guess that's fine. But I mean, you know, not totally soaked on it, but like, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they decided to unify as a kingdom. And as a result, all of the regional foods that were kind of just like regional because they didn't have the internet or anything became more national. <laughs> mm. But pizza remained relatively unpopular outside of Naples. Until (laughs) (laughs) Caesar came back from the dead. Um, But yeah, that was all going to change. Um, In 1878, the Queen Margarita, which was the first queen of the unified Italy, she became the queen after she married her first cousin, Umberto. Um, Unfortunately, she was his second choice for a wife. His first wife died after accidentally lighting her ball gown on fire. <laughs> and what was that, his sister? Probably, but, like, what Don't a way to go. That she is her, terrible. She lit her ball gown on fire, and no one could pour water on her in time? I know, that's wild. I've definitely told you this before and told our listener, but, like, when I was, I think it was, like, the first wedding I ever went to, and it was my friend's sister. It was, like, a Indian, like, one of the... Um, people getting married was Indian. So a lot of the guests were wearing like saris. Mm-hmm. And this one woman was online to get a drink and she like dipped her sari into a candle and lit on fire. And <laughs> nobody else saw it except for me. So I grabbed a bunch of glasses of water and I just started like pouring them on her. And then she didn't know she was on fire either. Oh, so no. then she like looked at me and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Why are you splashing me with water? I was like, you're on fire. Me Sorry. You're on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, this is different because if you would have let it go, she would have died. So it would have been the same. But um, yeah. so whatever. His first fiance, super dead, burnt to shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would also, yeah, not want to die this way on no. fire in a ball gown at a ball. Terrible. It's embarrassing. And then you're dead. <laughs> um, so whatever, Margarita married her cousin, and their main job as the king and queen was to hold the country together because they just kind of mushed it all together. But there were still people that were like, this is not for me. So the king and queen are just supposed to prevent revolution. 
And their mm. idea was to just like go bop around the country, build support and morale. Um, and they decided to head over to Naples because there was some unrest there. Um, and when they arrived, the Queen Margarita was like, I'm sick of eating all this French food because that's what they ate. I guess the, the nobility would eat a lot of French food because of their sure. relationship with France. I don't know. Okay. Um, she was like, I'm tired of all this French food. I want to eat the food of the common people. And so they summoned Naples' most famous pizza chef. This guy was like the Papa John of Naples. <laughs> the most uh, racist man in all of Italy. And that's saying a lot. Just in the pizza part. Yeah, not in the, he's like the pizza hut of Naples. Cool. Um, and he's, he, he had a pizza place called Pizzeria Brandy. Brandy? I don't know. Ah, see. And his name okay. is Rafael Esposito. And he and his wife were like, okay, I guess we'll make pizza for these psychotic king and queen, even though everyone else in Naples hates them. Um, and one of the pizzas that he made was one with mozzarella, basil, and red sauce. The colors of the Italian flag. Ah, that's amore. And he hand-delivered those straight to wherever the hell they were staying. Um, so it was the first pizza delivery, 1889. Wow. Uh, the queen super loved it. She had one of her servants write him a letter that was like, the letter was like, just so you know, the, the queen was super into that pizza. And so... Esposito named that pizza after her. That's why we have the margarita pizza. Um, wow. And as of this article, Food and Wine, as of June 22nd, 2017, that pizza shop was still open. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I didn't Google it because I'm like, what if it didn't make it through COVID? That's depressing. Sure. Um, okay. So that was the first pizza delivery. Fast forward to 1983. Okay. <laughs> Yep. Just a hop, skip, and a jump over to the 80s. Let's go. Here we and are. And so in the 80s and the 90s, there was something called the Pizza Wars. And it was basically, it, it changed, you know, but the ba the big three were, at least in the 80s, Domino's, Little Caesars, and Pizza Hut. So um, in 1983, Domino's launched their 30 minutes delivery where your pizza's free which right. obviously became a phenomenon. Um, nobody really had a set time for how long pizza would come out before then, so it could really take any amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> Days later, a um, pizza arrives. And, you know, obviously there's lots of, there's like the Ninja Turtles part. Like it became part of our nation's cultural experience. Yeah, the um, Noid. Yeah, the Noid was a weird thing. There's a Noid video game. Like, what is even the Noid? Like, he was just annoyed? Was he supposed to be annoyed because his pizza was taking so long? Yeah, I guess. Avoid the Noid. Yeah, you're supposed to avoid it. Avoid being annoyed. Yes. And that's great advice. Sure. It really is. <laughs> it's good for anything, even yeah. to, in today's modern society. Yes. Um, so, basically, that little scam, Domino's was like the like a nobody pizza chain back then. Um, and it made them into one of the top three contenders. Um, it, but in, in 1993, they were in a lawsuit because people, there was the lawsuit alleged that 20 people had died from car accidents because 
Domino's delivery drivers were driving so recklessly in order to get the pizza there in time. Oh my God. They lost that lawsuit. It was $78 million. They had to get rid of the 30 minutes or less deal. Um, By that time it had changed like $3 off, but um, yeah. Um, That's wild, huh? I mean, it makes sense though, but it's like, it's just pizza, you know, where's the ballroom get down on fire. Am I right? (laughs) Well, I mean, if your family member had been killed by a crazy teen Domino's driver, I think you'd feel differently. No, Um, I'm saying they shouldn't drive fast. It's just pizza. Like, well, it's just $3 off. Also Domino's, if you lose $3 on your pizza, I still think you're probably going to make a profit. Exactly. It's crazy. Um, So yeah, they lost the lawsuit, but it was, it didn't matter. They were already became one of the biggest pizza contenders because of that little, you know, yeah, delivery thing. Um, so then in the 90s, while this lawsuit was actually going on, um, another pizza war trend happened, and that was the giant pizza wars. <laughs> oh, my. <clears throat> so at the time... It was like Pizza Hut, Domino's, and Little Caesars was like third. Um, and they decided to release a really big pizza called the Big Big Pizza. <laughs> so creative. What a creative title. How big um, was it? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you. Um, the The whole thing about Little Caesars was they didn't have delivery. They were only carry out. And they started marketing that their whole deal was it's cheaper. So like our pizza's cheaper. Yes, we don't have delivery drivers, but you're going to save a ton of money. Right. Um, and they launched the big, big pizza. It was 11 and a quarter inches by 22 and a half inches. <gasps> Wait, so 20... it was an oval? No, I think it was a, a rectangle. A rectangle. Wow. Fascinating. Um, and it had 24 slices. <gasps> and you could get that for $8.88. That's a deal. Um, this launched little Caesars into the big time and it actually like surpassed Domino's and became the number two pizza. Wow. Um, pizza hut was like, this is not okay with us. We're going to have our own giant pizza. It's called the Bigfoot. <laughs> I'm sure Whoa, remember I remember that because there was no way to avoid it. Um, it, this one was 12 inches by 24 inches, 21 slices, 10.99, more expensive. Um, Pizza Hut flooded the airwaves with advertising, though. So it basically became a cultural phenomenon. And the most hilarious part is that at some point they had a Bigfoot pizza blimp that they were using around Manhattan to advertise for the Bigfoot. And it crashed into the roof of an apartment building (gasps) in west side of Manhattan, injured two crew members. Um, But Pizza Hut was like, well, it's fine. It actually increased brand awareness. So we're cool with that. Um, (laughs) Crash more blimps. (laughs) Like $6 million. Um, So then Domino's is like, well, we're not winning anymore. So we're going to release a pizza called The Dominator. At the time, Domino's whole like edge was that they delivered faster than anyone else because the lawsuit was still in progress. (laughs) They still had the 30 minutes or less. Um, and they just got cheetahs to deliver for them so we could avoid yeah, the whole car crash thing. Which was a really good idea. Um, <laughs> so they came up with a pizza called the Dominator, 10 inches by 30 inches. <gasps> yeah. What? It has 30 slices of pizza. Wow. It is a yard long. I don't really know what a yard is, but. Um, it's three feet. Nine to $11, depending on where you lived, was how much you pay for that bad, Larry. Um, the issue was the pizza was so large 
they couldn't deliver it. So their whole like head up in the game was that they're delivering faster than anybody, but they can't deliver this giant pizza that they're competing with everyone with. So they did not do well. The big loser in the giant pizza wars was Domino's. But oh my God. As we all know, eventually Little Caesars got their comeuppance and the entire franchise basically just collapsed. <laughs> I remember like Little Caesars, I vaguely remember it. We'd, I don't think I had it very often. But we I mean, had it. you did. Did it yeah. have like a semolina crust? I remember the crust having like something like semolina on it. It had like a different crust. And I think that was what made it different. I don't remember. I was a kid, but we used to get it all the time because our family was all about deals. Nicole. And what? Did you hear me? Armin, we have to just pause here. Nicole is frozen oh. to me. It's funny looking because it looks like she's pondering the You're crust. You're frozen to me. Am I unfrozen now? Yes, you are okay. unfrozen. Um, did they have like a semolina crust or you don't remember? I don't really remember. I just know that we, my family was all about deals. So we got it all the time. It was my favorite pizza when I was a kid. It's not the same anymore. The way that mm. it was when I was a kid. Cause I got it one time when I was in New York and it's just not the same, but they just, yeah, I don't know. Little Caesars was my favorite. Anyway, Domino's became the big winner in the end. Domino's is now the number one pizza. In the pizza wars. Is Pizza Hut still a franchise? I don't really, you don't really see very many Pizza Huts around anymore. They're still around. I don't know really? if they're, I'm pretty sure Papa John's is above them in terms of the pizza wars these days, but I don't know for sure. Hmm. Interesting. We never really did that much, um, like, fast food pizza just because, like, Long Island had so much you know, there's so many mom and pop pizza places, but yeah. we definitely did do pizza. We talked about this a couple episodes ago, but we definitely did pizza hut. Cause it was like a restaurant then you could like right. sit there and there was like a salad bar. You could put like croutons on your pizza. It was a very exciting time to be alive. <laughs> you could get cottage cheese whenever you wanted. Exactly. You could put cottage cheese and kiwi slices on your pizza. If you really felt like it. Oh, I guess in 2022, Little Caesars was still above Papa John's. Pizza Hut, Domino's, and Little Caesars are still the three largest. Really? find that hard to believe, but... Pizza, pizza. But ScrapHero.com would not lie to us. <laughs> Scrap Hero. <laughs> wow, that's very interesting. Is there anything else we need to know about these pizza wars? Did anybody, anybody die other than the poor people that were killed by Domino's drivers? No. Nobody else died. Hmm. Interesting. Unless you count heart disease from eating pizza. <laughs> I will count that. Okay. I'll count then on it. Millions have died. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Very interesting. The 80s and 90s, I feel like, were very much a time of wars, right? There was also, like, the Cola Wars, mm -hmm. all kinds of, like, war, the Hundred Years War. World War yeah. One. <laughs> the 1980s most exciting war, World War One. Um, well, that's fascinating. Well, should we take a quick break, Aruski, and come back and talk about some more riveting pizza content? Yes. Okay, great. Cultivate farms and food systems that nourish, heal, and empower. Register now for PASA Sustainable Agriculture's 2023 conference. Access more than 90 sessions on topics including environmental conservation, food justice, sustainable food and textile production, renewable energy, and much more. 
featuring a not-to-be-missed lineup of speakers, including indigenous environmental scientist and author of Fresh Banana Leaves, Jessica Hernandez, the best-selling author of The Art of Fermentation, Sandra Katz, co-owners of Heritage Seed Company, True Love Seeds, Owen Taylor and Chris Bolden Newsom, and many more. PASA's conference takes place in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on February 8th through 11th and includes social networking events plus an expansive trade show. Register now at pasafarming.org conference. That's P-A-S-A farming.org conference. And we're back. Right. I have a joke about pizza. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Okay. Very funny. Be careful. I'm going to open a restaurant that only serves crabs and pizza. I'm going to call it the crust station. <laughs> Did you make that one up? I sure didn't, but I wish I had. <laughs> I wish the I had. This, this is from scarymommy.com. Ah, <laughs> uh, scary mommy. What would we do without you? This is from scarymommy.com. Nicole, I'm going to ask you a question. Now, don't lie to me. What do you, how do you feel about conspiracy theories? Love them, hate them? I love them. Me too. Do you have any ones that are your favorites? Um, no. It's hard to choose a favorite one. Okay. I just I love ha- learning about them. I, I, I do as well. I love, my favorite conspiracy theory is that George Bush and Ted Bundy were switched. Mm. That to me is very funny. That's a good one. <laughs> and it's true. It is a good one because it's true. Just like all conspiracy theories, they're all true. Yeah. Um, one of the kind of weirdest conspiracy theories to come out in the past decade, something like, of course, is in the zeitgeist, but like I just hadn't really done much, much research into. Um, my 4chan days are just behind me. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I'm just like, and QAnon is so boring now. <laughs> over um but is pizzagate and yesterday i like bossily told you i'm like well we can do pizza and why don't you do pizzagate telling you like what to do and then i was like i'm gonna do pizzagate and you're like cool i was never gonna do that in the first place and now well this is how you let's just for the reader for the listener Mm, um this is how zara told me to do pizzagate she said you can do the Clinton sexy traffic pizza parlor scandal. So I didn't even know you were talking about Pizzagate. And I actually Googled it today when I was starting to do my research. And I was like, there is no Bill Clinton pizza parlor scandal. Do I you know? You met- oh, you thought about Bill Clinton, like fucking yeah. someone in a pizza parlor. And sexy traffic. I think you meant sex traffic. No, I meant sexy traffic. <laughs> this was when Bill Clinton approached unsolicited. So, in my mind, <laughs> I was thinking of Bill Clinton. Like, I came up with a whole scenario in my mind. I'm like, he probably was jogging with his really short shorts on and some sort of traffic jam ensued when he stopped to get pizza after his job because he, like, would do that, you know? Yes, he would. He would go into, famously with Al Gore, went into McDonald's. And then there was the hilarious <laughs> Phil Hartman skit that followed. Um, this is not about Bill Clinton per se, although it is. Do you know anything about Pizzagate? Yes. Okay. For <laughs> our, what do you know about Pizzagate so far? Having excluded anything you Googled today, what did you come into this episode with as of yesterday? Oh, I didn't Google anything about Pizzagate. I just know that there was <laughs> randomly... 
someone alleged that this pizza parlor in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. was running a sex trafficking ring out of their basement. Exactly. That's, that's all I know. Okay. So I got my information today from the failing New York Times almost exclusively. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Pizzagate, but then we're going to jump into the real meat of this issue, which is the restaurant itself. So Pizzagate, according to Wikipedia, is a conspiracy theory that went viral during the, during the 2016 United States presidential election cycle. Let's all take ourselves back to that amazing time in history. There was uh, a lot going on. Everyone was just so shocked that this like wild person with a comb over was gabbing to us. And now we've arrived here at this episode <laughs> of Life's a Penguin. <laughs> we've been through a lot. Long story short, here we are. Yada, yada, yada. And we're doing this episode. So it's been extensively discredited by a wide range of organizations. That's what they want you to think, sheeple. That is right. Yeah, widely discredited. (laughs) So was the moon landing, okay? (laughs) Yeah, and JFK, ever heard of him? Uh, Including (laughs) the Washington, D.C. police. We can definitely trust them. Okay, so... In March 2016, the personal email account of John Podesta, Hillary Clinton's campaign chair, a.k.a. Henchman, um, was hacked in a spear phishing attack. What? Spear phishing, like, you know, cat phishing, but I guess beat with spears. <laughs> I don't know. Huh. Okay. It's like some kind of cyber security issue. Okay. <laughs> Great. So then WikiLeaks publishes his emails, free Julian Assange, um, in November 2016, proponents of the Pizzagate conspiracy theory falsely claimed that the emails contained coded messages that connected several high-ranking Democratic Party officials and U.S. restaurants with an alleged human trafficking sex ring. One of the establishments allegedly involved was the Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria in Washington, D.C. These poor people. They just wanted to open a pizzeria where you could play ping pong, and Hillary Clinton had to start trafficking children from it can you imagine the unluckiness it must be so hard to play ping pong and eat pizza at the same time yeah and also traffic children while you're doing it i mean that's like a lot to handle you know what i'm saying yeah for sure and it makes perfect sense people when you think about it why wouldn't hillary clinton look to comet ping pong pizza right (laughs) to run her sex trafficking scandal uh ring from right i mean Definitely, there have been many sex trafficking scandals that have actually happened and do go all the way to the top. But mm-hmm. this, these people 100%. have the access to, like, plenty of secret rooms they could have hidden the children in. Why would they use a pizza parlor? That's exactly right. So, yeah, you're totally right. There has been sex trafficking rings that have involved people in politics and all kinds of other high-ranking positions. And that's not beyond belief, and it's been completely proven and it's terrible and heinous and sick and fucked up um but like the point is just like you were saying like these people have a lot of places that they could be doing this out of that are way more inconspicuous than comet ping pong pizza do you know what i'm saying like reform schools (laughs) exactly or churches um okay or planes like jeffrey epstein's the lolita express (laughs) Um, private islands, etc. Some emails referring to Mr. Podesta's dinner plans mentioned pizza. A 4chan participant, this is kind of how it like got started, participant then connected the phrase cheese pizza to pedophiles 
who on chat boards use the initials CP to denote child pornography. Okay. Wow. So you can see there's a clear red line in, of string from point A to point B. This all makes perfect sense, folks. Okay, also, this is totally nerdy, though, that he's like, where could we go out to have cheese pizza? Well, yeah, saying cheese pizza is lame. Maybe he didn't say cheese pizza. I'm not really sure. But also, now that I think about it, it's weird that anyone would ever write cheese pizza in an email. So he probably was. This is probably true. That's right. You heard it here first, folks. We're going to get our show canceled. (laughs) (laughs) This is the last episode of Life's a Banquet. It's important to weigh every option, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Just want to, you know, there's good people on both sides. (laughs) JK. Um... So Pizzagate is generally considered the predecessor to QAnon conspiracy theory. It also generated another offshoot conspiracy theory called Frazzle Drip, which... (laughs) What? (laughs) Wait a minute now. Which involved Hillary Clinton participating in the ritual murder of a child. Oh, yeah. Pizzagate, like, I'm not trying to... Like, I obviously don't really care for Hillary Clinton, and there's a lot wrong with the Clintons. There's a lot wrong with, like, people in power in this world. However, I just don't think it, like, makes any sense why Hillary Clinton would, like, murder a child. She has so much... You see what I'm saying? Like, she's no reason to do something like that. I mean, well, she's I murdered think... plenty of children in... in Other Britain. countries. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She is a war criminal, but... um. <clears throat> I think, obviously, in my mind, if you're ritually murdering a child, it's because you have some sort of deal with the devil. Right. So you have to, like, sacrifice a kid, and then he's like, I'll make you the president or whatever. So, like, that's why she did that. Right. Well, obviously, the (laughs) devil, in this case, the joke's on you. Hillary, you murdered that child for absolutely no reason. The devil is in the details. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) The devil is in the cheese pizza. (laughs) The call is coming from inside the house. Okay. Pizzagate resurged in 2020 mainly due to QAnon. While initially it was spread only by the far right, it has since been spread by teens on the ever popular platform TikTok who, quote, don't otherwise fit in the right wing conspiracy theorist mold. The biggest Pizzagate spreaders on TikTok appear to otherwise be mostly interested in topics like viral dance moves and Black Lives Matter. Fascinating. The conspiracy theory has developed and become less uh, partisan and political in nature with less emphasis on the Clintons and more on the alleged worldwide elite and sex traffickers. Again, this is all perfectly, like, parts of it can be true, like Nicole said. Not me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But there is definitely a lot of nefarious stuff that happens within people in power. But this poor fucking pizza place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're just trying to have fun, play ping pong and eat pizza, which is a complicated and greasy combination. I know. Maybe, like, you can do either or, like, at showbiz. You can't get on the rides with your pizza, I don't think, at showbiz. Right, right. I think as this is described in some of the reviews I was reading, which we'll talk about in just a moment, um, I think like the tables where you eat pizza are made out of like ping pong tables. And then there's a couple of tables where you can play ping pong later. Okay, sure. Okay, now moving on to everyone's favorite um, shaggy haired person, Justin Bieber. So Justin Bieber was allegedly like in some kind of video on TikTok. This is part of the reason... This became like an obsession with the teens. 
like this is from the failing New York times for minutes into a video that was posted on Instagram last month, Justin Bieber learned, uh, leaned into the camera and adjusted the front of his black knit beanie for some of his 130 million followers. It was a signal in the video. Someone had posted a comment asking Mr. Bieber to touch his hat. If he had been the victim of child trafficking at Pizzagate, thousands of comments were flooding in and there was no evidence that Mr. Bieber had seen the message, but the pop stars innocuous gesture set off a flurry of online activity which made people think that he had been uh, part of Pizzagate, but as a victim. Has he ever even been to Washington, D.C.? <laughs> that is a great question. There's no way to, to really find out. We'll have to, <laughs> Justin, call into the show, please. Obviously, you're listening. So, yeah, people think less and less that it has to do with Hillary Clinton. Um, but they do think that it involves that new targets and victims are broader and a more assortment of powerful business people, politicians, and celebrities, including, but not limited to, Mr. Bieber, Bill Gates, Ellen DeGeneres, Oprah Winfrey, and Chrissy Teigen, who are lumped together as part of the global elite. For groups like QAnon, Pizzagate has been a convenient way to form, foment discontent. So, okay, Justin Bieber is both a victim and a perpetrator? Well, I'm not really sure because this says the assortment of powerful, uh, it's new targets and victims are brought. Oh, okay. Also, I feel like maybe Hillary Clinton just was a one-time user of the pizza parlor. She just had to get one kid to ritually murder, right? Sure. Or she wanted a meatball hero. Who knows? (laughs) See what I'm saying? (laughs) They just got to eat. So for Tony Podesta, John Podesta's brother, Pizzagate uh, Revival has opened up old wounds. He's had to deal with trolling from conspiracy believers in 2016. Recently, he got a voicemail message from an anonymous caller saying, quote, your pizza is ready. (laughs) (laughs) Which made me laugh and laugh to myself. Now, that's just some background, right? Was it not just a coworker? (laughs) uh, Who knows who it is? It's probably Justin Bieber. Um, So, okay. Now, Also, isn't it true that they don't even have a basement where the alleged sex trafficking was taking place i'm not sure if they have a basement or not but it did like i mean so the serious implications and something like this even though it's like funny to laugh at is that like somebody came in with like a loaded gun right looking for children and like pointing it at all of the employees in this restaurant these working class people and um luckily he didn't open fire on them but he could have and like you know it's just it's funny, but it's also really disturbing and sad, the level to which, like, manipulation of thought and fake news can really just, like, turn people violent. Or even if they're not violent, just, like, I don't know, take away their own time to think about better things and radicalize them in really terrible, wasteful, harmful ways. Um, but as we all know, pizza is inherently evil. So what I this was all lead up, really, to... Um, read reviews of Comet Ping Pong Pizza because I've been wondering about it for a while. Now, some of these reviews are great. Some of them are not so great, but it is a small business and it is a small business that Hillary Clinton seems to love for one reason or another. So if you love Hillary, go over here, I guess, or if you hate her, maybe that too. Um, Some reviews from Google. Okay, the service was great. The service was great. Young women that were helpful and hip. Loved the pizza, fresh ingredients, and different from the usual pizza was like a non-bread with fresh toppings, exclamation point. Loved it. The bathrooms are hysterical. (laughs) (laughs) The 
The bathrooms are hysterical. And also non-bread? Do we want that on our pizza? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it was non-bread. It said the pizza was like non-bread with fresh toppings. Loved it. Exclamation point. I mean, I do like non-bread pizza, but I just thought... So do I. My mom used to make it all the time when non-bread came out in the early 2000s. It was a very (laughs) exciting time. Before that, she was exclusively tortilla pizza, which also, if done right, is a real delicacy. Mm-hmm. Very thin. Very thin. Um, so I did come here because of the infamy of this place that it got from Pizzagate conspiracy and to prove a point that it is actually a pretty nice place. And it got all this negative attention because Q followers decided to make this place the center of a made-up controversy. Go outside, touch grass, <laughs> use your eyes, and most importantly, eat pizza. Also, the garlic knots are good. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, I want a garlic knot. I know. I I think I might make them this week at Zaza. Okay. The cheese pizza was disappointing, but at least the hot dogs didn't have hair on them. What? Um, I don't know. Also, I left my mask in the basement. Oh, there is a basement. Hmm. After a private function. But when I called back, once I realized, the girl who answered acted like she didn't know what I was talking about. Okay, this is obviously a person who went to the basement for cheese pizza exactly and left their mask and by mask do you mean your bill clinton mask that you're required to wear every time you go into the basement of this place to get cheese pizza and she acted like she didn't know what you were talking about because the employees don't all know about the secret child sex ring (laughs) this is very fucked up and first of all if anybody here is triggered we're very sorry but it's all in all in good fun. Okay. All in all, this is another review. All in all, this place has gone downhill since the glory days, but the chicken lover's pizza is still an old favorite. And we chicken will get liver's pizza? Chicken lover pizza <laughs> is still, which I'm hoping has liver on it. Yeah, if you love chicken, if you really love chicken, you will eat you chicken You love all livers. the parts. Yeah. It has feet, beaks, eyes. The, what do you call that part on and the rooster? Alive chicken. <laughs> a whole alive chicken just standing on it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll love it. Trust us. It's still an old favorite, and we're always getting a hankering for it. Okay. <laughs> we're um, always getting a hankering for it. Uh, I used to bring family here when I was in town. And today, uh, after today, I'll find a different joint to frequent. This place has gone downhill. The pizza was way too wet, <laughs> drippy, <laughs> and honestly kind of cold, question mark. And the service was super slow with zero follow-ups. Had a couple of huge red or blonde hairs, I'm neither of those in parentheses, in my water for 20 minutes because nobody came by, and I wasn't desperate enough to walk around the restaurant with my full cup of hairy water. (laughs) Did you say big hairs, not long hairs? Red or blonde hairs. Okay. Now... I just want to say that I looked at the menu of this place and it looks perfectly lovely. They had some nice looking pizzas and salads, some delicious looking beers, and I'm sure that it's a great place. So Comet Ping Pong Pizza or Cosmic Ping Pong Pizza, really sorry for all the trouble you've been through. And blessings to a peaceful and prosperous New Year's. (laughs) Am I right? How did they specifically single out that pizza parlor, though? I don't remember I think it's probably because in the email he must, I'm in this speculation because I don't know the exact answer, but from what I can surmise, from what I do know, which is not much. 
Let's go. They might have been saying an email to meet there or something. Okay. Got it. That seemed like a funny place for like a campaign manager to just stop off and be like, let's go to the ping pong pizza place for a quick slice. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe he has young children. That's my excuse for everything. (laughs) That's true. Um, so in closing, talking about pizza, do you want to talk about our three favorite, top three favorite pizzas? It could be places like types of pizza that you like, really whatever. Um, okay. I'm going to talk about my three least favorite pizzas. Great. (laughs) Barbecue chicken pizza. Not a pizza. Not Not okay. Wrong. Bad. Bad. (laughs) Finger wag. Um, and... This obviously is a boring thing to say, but I just, I'm not a pineapple pizza lady. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's not for me. I don't smell what the rock is cooking on that either. (laughs) Okay. So two pieces I don't like one pizza because I usually like my pizza to be standard with red sauce, you know, but Mm -hmm. there's one exception that I will make and that is taco pizza. And there's actually a really great pizza place called like triple X pizza in Bloomington that has a really, really good taco pizza. Okay, now, no offense to Triple X Pizza, but that sounds like a place where a sex trafficking ring would be. Triple right. X Pizza? Of that's all like the pizza places. Yeah, right, exactly. And I never even thought about that, but hopefully they don't do that because I like their taco pizzas so much. Might as well just call it like Jared Fogel's Pizzeria of Happy Fun Time. <laughs> um, so those are very interesting choices. I'm going to talk about pizzas I do like. I like a pizza, any kind of pizza, with salad mushed on top of it. I'll take a couple of bites plain, but I really, really always want to, like, combine my pizza and my salad. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like this pizza that it's hard to find. They have it a couple places. They have it at the House of Pizza in Calzone, and they also have it at Ben's Pizza, which if, if anyone has not been to Ben's Pizza, I think it's on, like, right off the sixth avenue maybe on spring street it's like a age-old like just slice joint like in kind of where so in the west village meet um they have delicious pizza and really good sicilian but it's like a sicilian pizza that has cheese on the bottom of the dough Mm -hmm. then sauce then breadcrumbs and anchovies wonderful i want that right now it's so good and then my number one pizza is always going to be a bar pie, super thin crackery crust, almost yeah. like a tortilla pizza, but a bit better. Mm-hmm. But my mom really did make good tortilla pizzas because it was the 90s. So she would get like, she'd make the bottom really oily and she'd put on like, um, like red pepper pesto mm, yes. <laughs> and then like, yeah, like then some kind of cheese and then sometimes usually like grilled chicken and broccoli or something and it was like the toppings were so heavy but like the bottom was so thin but it was still really good I, I kind of wish she would make it again it sounds very 90s um, so 90s but I love a bar pie a thin crispy bar pie unbeatable yeah. I like you know there's only one left now the alligator lounge but when there used to be mm-hmm. multiple free pizza with your beer places I loved those pizzas those were good rest those of these really lulu's yeah, those were really good pies. There used to be a place in my hometown where we were growing up. It was an Italian restaurant, but they'd also have bar pies called J&J's, and they were just, like, cracker-thin crust. There's a pl- couple places, like, in the city that are all connected. One of them is called Posto. I think it's, like, second, random neighborhood, like, second and 19th, but my friend used to bartend next door, and they have, like, thin, thin, thin bar pies. Really good if you, like, it's just a total, like, you know, it's, good because it's not like a seamy like hip place it's just like a place like a restaurant from like yeah. the 90s um but anyway it was really good so check those places out 
And um, you've been listening to Life's a Banquet, a random podcast about things like pizza <laughs> and the Clintons. Yes. Okay, hasta la pasta. Hasta la pizza, should we say? Yes. Hasta la pizza. Bye-bye. Hasta la pizza, baby. Bye. Life's a Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.